Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Athlete Emerging Podcast. I am Heidi Nielsen, and this is my journey of transforming mind and body into those of an athlete. If you want the visuals that go along with all these stories, check out my Instagram feed, at Athlete Emerging. This episode, I'm going to talk to you about contest prep. There's a lot to say, so let's dive right on in. The Athlete Emerging Podcast. So last you heard from me, I had just decided to go ahead and say yes to competing. That was just over 14 weeks out from the Emerald Cup that I decided would be my first show. Turns out contest prep is a lot of work and I've been a little busy. <laughs> so as I'm sitting to record this for you now, it is two weeks out from show, actually 12 days out from show. And I just wanted to kind of share with you guys what has been going on. What's this contest prep stuff all about? Give sort of a brief overview of what I've been up to and how it's different than normal, sustainable, healthy living as an athlete. So the big thing that really stands out at me is that prepping for competition feels like planning a wedding, must feel. <laughs> As we're picking out the ridiculously rhinestoned blingy bikini and all the accessories to go with it, and we've dreamed about this day for certainly months for many of us years when it was a far off, impossible seeming dream. And we want the day to be perfect, just like you hear the bridezillas talking about. So I've noticed that I've had to really keep myself in check to not become a bridezilla, even though this is not a wedding, uh, particularly with fewer calories than I'm used to consuming, um, you know, training intensity remaining the same or even progressing and the additional stress of putting together a routine and making travel arrangements and everything that you'll hear about in more detail. There's a lot of stress, a lot of hormones going crazy as the body's changing and it would be really, really easy to be very short-tempered and snap at people quite a bit. But I feel like I've done a good job of keeping that in check. I think Part of what's supporting me in that is the intention that I set for this to be a celebration and an exploration and all about discovery and continuing to inspire people. And that has been the coolest thing about this journey over the past years is getting these Facebook messages and little Instagram comments of people sharing the ways that they've been inspired and the changes that they've made just based on my journey, which is like, whoa, that just bowls me over every time and I'm I'm committed to staying in that so that helps me not become a raging monster when the hormones and stress and sometimes hunger get uh, get all crazy so maybe the best way to share with you guys what contest prep is all about is to sort of break it down into its areas I have a tracking sheet. I am a little bit obsessed with spreadsheets. I really like having data in front of me. And I've been tracking everything that I've been doing throughout this whole prep. And I'll just run through what the columns on my tracking sheet are. And we can kind of talk through how contest prep goes that way. So first columns, uh, you know, each day. What's the date? What's the day? That's simple easy to get that part done. <laughs> the next column I have is my mental check theme. And this really ties back to the intentionality that I've talked about in this episode already and in the last few episodes. Each day I check in and say, what am I doing this for? What is today all about? And I set sort of an intention for the day in a very conscious way. And I'm not perfect. I've missed days. I don't remember it every single day, but the vast majority of days I have started with setting a mental check theme, which I love. The next column on my spreadsheet is food. There's also cardio, lifting, routine work, posing and presentation, and then kind of everything else. I have also columns for lessons that I'm learning along the way, 
other things that are going on with my body. This may be too much information, but I track how often I'm pooping <laughs> because I like data. I like to know what's going on with my body. <laughs> so that's kind of the broad overview. And then I'll dive in and touch in a little bit more on each of those categories as we go through this episode. But I think you can probably already hear that there is, there's a lot to manage. And then not even listed on that spreadsheet, I have decided to do a preview performance. Since my competition is out of town, I'll be doing a show a week from now, which is a week before competition, locally, so that friends and family have been following along for this journey can actually see what I've been up to without having to schlep all the way to Seattle from Los Angeles with me. And so I decided to do that uh, maybe about a month ago, somewhere in that neighborhood. Got the idea from um, multi-time Fitness Olympia champion Adela Garcia, who said she always had a dress rehearsal for friends and family a couple weeks out before competition. I thought that was a fabulous idea to get a full performance run in before there's all the additional stress and, and added variables and unknowns of competition day. So like I say, I added that into my workload about a month ago, and as you can hear, my plate was already pretty full with managing each of these different areas that needed attention on a oftentimes daily, certainly weekly basis. And so now I'm producing an event on top of that because I can't just say, hey, you guys want to come over and watch me do my routine? It's not how I function. Of course, I have to turn this into a big party. And it should be a party because the amount of support and love and encouragement that I have received throughout this year-long journey just touch me in such huge ways that I've got to do something to thank people and to mark that and to celebrate that we've kind of all been doing this together. So I'm throwing a party. If you're in Los Angeles, it is Sunday, May 3rd at 5 o'clock p.m. at the Diavolo space. And I will post all that info in the show notes. But now there's event production on top of everything else. So there's figuring out food for the event, figuring out music, figuring out multimedia and projections. Who's going to be running my tech stuff? How are we setting up the seating? I had to coordinate to get a venue, which I'm so, so grateful to be doing at Diavolo. They've been a huge part of my journey. I'll probably record a separate episode about how that's all tied in together. Uh, but the party will also be a benefit for their social outreach programs. They do a lot of really cool training at inner city schools and with pregnant teenagers and folks that it can really get a lot out of being acrobats, even for a day, you know, and, and feeling how it feels to do these trust exercises and theater games that they do and emerge as athletes and artists, even, you know, if it's only the transformation of a few hours, I really see them as doing huge work in the community. So I'm very excited to be able to give back a little bit to that after all that they've given to my journey. And as I said, more about that in a future episode. But there's just a lot of details that go into event production alone. <laughs> and then, oh yes, contest prep on top of that. So let's rewind all the way back to the beginning of that spreadsheet I was telling you about. I talked about the daily intention piece already. And let's talk about the food piece is the next piece. And I'm just going to give you a brief overview because A, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to do a prep in this. That's still way outside my expertise. I've been very much guided step-by-step step, every detail by my trainer, Jen Hendershot. Of course, a link to her is always in my show notes. And um, there's so much detail and nitty-gritty in response to how my body has been changing and how I've been feeling every couple weeks that... Uh, it would become a really long and tedious episode, I think, to go into all the detail of it. So quick overview version. Food, we started 
when I started prep, I was coming back from that 10 day silent retreat. I was really, really small coming back from that. I hadn't been lifting at all. I really hadn't been working out at all. And I wasn't eating a whole lot. That was encouraged so that we weren't falling asleep from digestion during meditation practice. And also, I didn't want to be taking in way more calories than I was burning because my body's used to doing all this movement and now I'm not really moving much at all and come out of this retreat having put on a bunch of fat that I'd just worked so hard in the months before to take off. So it was an interesting experiment in and really how little could I fuel my body with and be doing just fine and happy. So coming off of that 10 days, I was I was tiny. I'd lost some additional fat. And of course, my body had eaten through some muscle without having as much protein as I was used to, without having heavy lifting to preserve it. So for the first few weeks, maybe even the first month of prep, I got to have... I think I was running around 1,800, 1,900 calories, lots of calories, really heavy lifting, more like the lower volume, higher weight lifting that I enjoyed doing on my own before I got hooked up with Jen and got wrapped into her high volume, high athleticism style. So that was fun and it was comfortable for me. It was a little bit more back in my comfort zone. I was feeling good. Um continuing to focus on food, we gradually tapered down. I say we, I mean, Jen was doing it, all the programming, and I just basically followed her directions. So when I say that we tapered down, it's not like it was a collaborative process because I had so much expertise about contest prep to contribute. No, it's we tapered down because she told me what to do. And for the most part, I did it. <laughs> uh, I would make little tweaks to her food programming that came out each week based on my real focus on the importance of micronutrients and overall health. I would add in extra little things here, some more kale, some probiotic drinks that I used, if I had permission for a while to switch up meal orders a little bit to, to kind of suit my preferences better. Uh, and it was cool. It was neat. Each week I would, you know, get the meal from Jen and plug everything into my fitness pal and see what the macros were that she had laid out for me. And any little tweaks that I made, I made sure to stay consistent with her macros and just trying to pump up the micronutrient density a little bit more. So it was a really neat combination of being completely guided and told what to do, but also being empowered to take ownership of it a bit. And I think that making that choice will serve me really well as I transition into post-contest life. I was able to keep learning about making food choices as opposed to just following some diet and then when I come off of the diet suddenly starting from ground zero about learning to make my own choices. So I'm really really grateful to have taken that extra energy and extra attention to kind of customize what I was getting a little bit for me. And I was able to do that up until a couple of weeks ago when Jen said, knock it off and just do what I say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, stubborn me has a tendency to freak out and freak out about change. And the meal plan would change every two weeks. There's a little, a lot bit of internal resistance at that point. And uh, kind of a come to Jesus moment. I'll tell you guys that story in another episode as well. But now I'm completely on plan just following what Jen says to do you know this is crunch time I'm two weeks out this is where little details become really important and details like here's a good one to know chicken breast is a really frequent part of my diet and I bake my own really clean I was using flavor god seasoning which is a low salt really yummy set of seasonings. I transitioned out to Mrs. Dash as show got closer because uh, that has no salt and you know we're trying to keep the body from puffing up with extra water and then over the last few weeks uh, it's been cut out the Mrs. Dash as well. I'm just having plain no seasoning. 
as I'm prepping my food. But a week, couple weeks back, I ran out of chicken breast and I turned to the freezer. I had some of the pre-grilled Tyson All Naturals chicken breast. And I was like, okay, all natural. I know that those words mean nothing. I've put up Instagram posts about how those words mean nothing and they still load up this quote unquote all natural stuff with all kinds of crazy nasty chemicals. I intellectually I know that, but in a pinch it was like, hey, I am out of chicken crap. Okay, well I've got this here. This seems to be pretty clean. So let me just use this for now until I can bake some more because my life is really full and I'm just trying to manage it all. So I did that for a few days, sent progress pics to Jen at the end of that week, and she emailed back right away and was like, I need to know what's going on with your diet. She said, your lower abdominals and your glutes and hamstrings are looking really soft. You're thicker than usual. What are you adding? What's changed? And I was like, oh man, crap. And I was looking and I, I wasn't adding anything. I wasn't doing any tweaking at that point. And I was like, oh gosh, what, what is doing this to me? And I realized, oh, it's that chicken breast. Like this tiny little detail using pre-processed, re-microwaved chicken breast instead of baking my own just for a couple days made noticeable enough changes in my body that my trainer's like, what the hell are you doing? And that was fascinating to me. And that is such a valuable lesson, I think, because I'm a huge fan of flexible dieting. I love the empowerment and, frankly, forgiveness available in an if-it-fits-your-macros approach to eating. But when it comes to crunch time and show prep or maybe even photo shoot prep when these little tiny aesthetic details become really important clean eating obviously is the way to go like that just drilled that home for me I'm like wow okay yeah this thing probably has some added salt probably has some kind of crazy preservatives uh I mean the label looked pretty clean but uh, uh you know who's to say what kind of processing they do to it and it It was the only variable that I could identify that had changed that week. And, you know, it was enough to have Jen going, whoa, whoa, whoa. So like, wow, okay, lesson learned. I'm a fan of overall clean eating as much as reasonably possible as a healthy lifestyle choice because I just don't think that we should be loading up our body with toxins. But I really had no idea the immediacy and degree to which it affects a physique when we're really looking at aesthetics and dialing in these details for show. So that was a really, really interesting lesson on the food front. Now, two weeks out from show, uh, I haven't even plugged this week's meal plan into my fitness pal. I frankly don't want to (laughs) know because I'll probably be scared that the calorie intake is lower than I'm used to. That's to be expected the two weeks out from show. This is this is details time. I'm still eating six meals a day. I'm having protein and some kind of carb at every meal. Um, So for example right now breakfast is three egg whites, five spears of asparagus, and half a grapefruit actually pretty rockin' breakfast. Second meal of the day, I love right now. It's so good. It's two tablespoons of cream of rice, which cooked up yields a half a cup. Three ounces of tuna, of no salt, packed in water, of course, as clean as possible, and half an avocado. And I kind of mash that all up and call it my sushi bowl. And it is delish. I'm happy, happy as a clam on that. I'll just run you through the rest of these last couple weeks right now so that nobody worries that I'm starving because it actually is a significant amount of food. Meal number three right now is, um, I'm, I'm not sure on the ounces in front of me, but these are, it's roughly after cooking, roughly four ounces of tilapia. And of course, I'm very precise when I'm actually measuring it out. I'm just not actively doing my prep right now. I don't have the numbers in front of me at this particular moment. So sorry for the vagueness there, but roughly four ounces of 
um, some kind of white fish for that meal, plus five spears of asparagus. Next meal is roughly three ounces cooked of chicken breast with half a grapefruit. Next meal is a big one. It is asparagus again, tilapia, and three ounces cooked of yam. So that's fabulous. That meal really fills me up, especially since the other meals are kind of light, but still substantial. You know, I'm getting plenty of fuel in. And then the last meal of the day, I have a choice between, uh, it's pre-cooking five ounces. So that works out to, depending on what choice I make, somewhere between three and four ounces of chicken breast or white fish or five egg whites and another five spears of asparagus. So my day is really clean, lean protein, lots of asparagus, <laughs> and a little bit of complex carbs. I still get complex carbs twice a day in these last two weeks leading up to show, um, which is awesome. I've had another competitor approach me recently and say, hey, when you're in the off season and trying to build up your muscle, which was kind of cool because I'm like, oh, I haven't had an off season yet. I'll, I'll let you know. But she said, uh, you know, do, are you eating complex carbs every day? I know that you're not during show prep, but are you in your off season? And I was like, whoa, wait, wait, what do you mean you know I'm not during show prep? Uh, at the time, I was still having three meals with complex carbs and now I have two meals with complex carbs, 12 days out from show. I was like, where, where do you expect me to get my energy from? Of, of course, of course I'm eating starches. Starches are not the devil. Um, and maybe that's because I'm in fitness division. And so Jen knows fitness division very well and knows that I need energy to be able to develop and power through this big acrobatic routine. Maybe it would be different if I were competing in a different division. I don't know because I'm not competing in a different division. This is the prep we're doing right now. So that's been sort of the taper down from, as you can hear, that's not 1900 calories worth of food. <laughs> it's been gradually, gradually decreasing over these last 12 weeks. And uh, you can probably hear there's still a lot of energy in my voice. I'm still feeling really good, uh, which is fantastic. I was prepared to feel a little bit like death these last couple of weeks because that is what I see um, when people complain about their prep online uh, and maybe next week will be harder I don't know but I'm I'm feeling awesome right now and I'm, I'm really grateful to have had my hand held through the whole journey so there's the food piece let's move on because this is going to turn into a really long episode already the cardio piece. Cardio, I also did some tweaking to take ownership of over the process. Uh, and Jen has been so patient with me because I know that's not her style. I know it's not what she's used to. She's used to people coming to her and saying, Jen, you're the multi-time champion. You're the expert. Tell me exactly what to do. I just want to win. And for me, it wasn't that. It wasn't, I want to get up on stage and win. Tell me exactly what to do. It was, I want to learn how all of this stuff goes and I want to explore and discover. So I'm going to try playing with this and I need you to explain why we're making this choice. And, it <laughs> and I drove her to her wits end a couple times, I think, but she's been very patient with me through the process. And one of the tweaks that she was allowing me to do for a while was totaling up the total number of hours of cardio that she was telling me to do. It was about four and a half per week. And knowing the intensity that she has me going for, which is, it's all high intensity interval work. Uh, it has been ever since I started in November with her. You know, she says, I want you to be sweating like a pig in your cardio. There's no room for, oh, I've got a little bit of a glimmer. Yay, I worked. Like, no, every session is hard work. And we're bringing it all to every session yeah, as much as possible. Sometimes you just don't have it to bring, but you bring as much as you can each time that you show up to do the work. So I would total up, all right, it's four and a half hours of cardio this week. Let me find four and a half hours to do intense cardio 
sometimes that means I'm running to the gym and running home instead of driving there because that's the only way I can squeeze it in. Or there's a spin class at the gym. I am having a hard time fighting motivation to get this in on my own today. Let me pop into that spin class. So I, I had some flexibility about how to work in that cardio and was looking at totals over a weekly basis instead of a daily basis. Now, as we're closer to show, that's shifted. And again, I'm, I'm back on a completely pre-programmed program. <laughs> that's a strange phrase of do this for this long, do this for this long. And that's down to the detail of if I'm working on the treadmill, it gives me the percentage incline. It gives me the miles per hour. It gives me, you know, do this for two minutes and then jump off and do pop squats for one minute and then jump back on and do this and then jump off and do these burpee side planks for a minute. And there's still a lot of variety, a lot of athleticism, and it's all really, really spelled out in detail. So I've had to clear out some other things in my life that were taking up some mental space in order to just have the bandwidth to be able to process the complexity of her cardio workouts. Um, that was one of the one of the reasons for that tweak over the last month leading up to this was you know my plate was just full and there was just no mental energy left to process one minute of this, two minutes of that, one minute of this, two minutes of that. It was like, I need to just get the work in. And so I had to, that was fine. And then when that became no longer fine and needed to buckle down into this kind of detail, I had to cut some other things from life in order to free up that mental space. And that has probably been one of the biggest lessons of prep is prioritization and practicing saying no it's been really, really challenging to curb the instinct to still want to be everything for everyone all the time and say, no, this time is about this journey that I've taken on and this time is for me. And having to learn to say to people who want to you know, set up a time to, to get together, for example, I would really love to see you. I am so excited to see you. And... I am just focused on this thing right now up until May 8th. So I'll be back in town from show May 11th. Let's some set something up for that week or the week after that. Because I don't want this to get pushed back and never get to see you. You know, it's important to me to communicate to people that you are important to me. You matter. And just right now I have to prioritize this journey. So let's put something on the calendar for after this. So I know that that's one of the big issues a lot of us struggle with. And... That was one thing that Coach Brian, one strategy that Coach Brian helped equip me with was when you're feeling guilty about having to say no to doing something with someone, schedule a future date so that there's a commitment there in the calendar. And it's not that that future date becomes inflexible. Of course, we're human and can always work with each other and reschedule things, but it's a way that works really well to send the message both to the other person and to yourself internally that they still matter and you are making an effort to include them in your life even though right now has to be a time where you're focused on you. That's been a huge learning. It's, it's not easy. It, it is really, really scary to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't help with this thing because I need to be at the gym and I need to do my meal prep and I have to practice doing hair and makeup, as silly as that sounds. But it's been so valuable to say no from a heartfelt place to people who care about me with an explanation of how important this journey is and discover that they're totally in my camp. They don't mind. Nobody thinks I'm a terrible person. Nobody has expressed that they think I'm a bad friend or are being selfish. I oftentimes expect people to hate me when I have to say no to something that they're asking me to do. And it's been really powerful to risk saying no and experience not being hated for it. It may sound simple if you haven't worked through that process yourself, but um, it's been deep for me. 
it's been it's been profound and I'm really grateful for it so those are the the kinds of things that I've had to cut out to open up mental space to be like all right doing cardio as written and it's still about the same amount of time uh, it's five days a week at about 45 minutes the way that Jen has it set up and uh, they're tough they're fun just this week we also added additional sprints uh, she added those in in response to the chicken fiasco and the extra squishiness that showed up on my body so actually it was not this week it was last week I've been on a couple weeks of extra sprints in addition to the regular cardio which is fine it's great there's an opportunity to dial in on the details opportunity to go the extra mile and though I don't see myself as competing against the other women it can be useful for motivation to have that competitive mindset and when I'm doing my sprints instead of falling into the old past pattern of oh man I screwed up and now I have to do these as punishment which is absolutely not where I wanted this journey to be coming from no it's like awesome here's this opportunity to go the extra mile and do something that my opponents are probably not doing this extra sprint that I'm doing at seven o'clock in the morning when it's the last thing in the world that I want to do is giving me an edge. It's just a much more empowering approach and it's not about cutting anybody else down, but it's just using that sense of competitiveness to keep myself moving, <laughs> to keep putting in the work because I want to put in everything that I can to this. I've committed to it. I've given the last year of my life to this transformation. And this is sort of a peak climactic moment in that. And now is not a time for holding anything back. So pushing through that cardio. On the lifting front, I am lifting roughly four days a week. Um, this week it'll be five. The body part splits varies. Every time Jen writes my programs, it's stayed with a lot of variety. Uh, it's stayed really heavy and high volume. They're tough. They continue to have plyometrics mixed in. So the lifting workouts are also really athletic, which is great because getting through this two minute routine uh, was really challenging and is starting to feel much more comfortable thanks to this conditioning coming in. So it's almost as if Jen Hendershot knows what she's doing. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about lifting for now. Routine work has been so, so cool. Found a piece of music that really inspired me and was in the style of the movement that I've been studying this year with Diavolo. That's what's most in my body right now and that's when I felt inspired to bring to stage. So I found a big epic piece of music that sort of fits the tone of their movement style and have been so invaluably assisted by Jones, the Institute Director over at Diavolo, who's been sort of choreography consultant for me. I've done a lot of the choreography myself uh, because I actually love choreography. I love musicality and finding little moments and you're coming from a dance background that's part that's really fun for me so I've been able to do a lot of my own choreography and then I'll bring what I've worked on to Jones and he just brings that expert eye and says okay let's tweak this piece and what happens if you try this movement instead of that movement and that choice that you've made there why that choice and is there another way we can go about this? So he's just made my routine exponentially better week after week working with me. I'm just so grateful. It's been amazing and invaluable and waited a long time to send any video to Jen because I know that this style is very different than her routines. She's known for the big backflips, high jumps, super engaging funky stage presence she has a routine where she came out on stage in a banana costume <laughs> so she's just like fun and I know Jen comes from a cheerleading background and so there's a lot of kind of like cheerleader 
energy in her routine. And I really wanted my routine to feel more like a warrior. And it still has engagement with the audience and it still has a lot of fun and a lot of little quirky moments, but it's has a bit more theatrical tone and uh, just very different music than Jen would use. And so I, you know, I've been nervous about sharing each piece of the routine with her, even though she's super supportive and would never cut me down in any way. She also doesn't sugarcoat feedback. <laughs> so I'm just now getting to the point where I'm sending routine videos to Jen a couple weeks out from show and being like, here's what we've created. I'm finally ready to share it with you. So I know I'll be getting more feedback from her as well over the next couple weeks about dialing in the details. And I know that she wants me to work on bringing more power to my leaps. Um, she said they were looking weak with the last video that I sent her. And another thing that I have to focus on particularly in my routine is getting full extension through my legs. I have a tendency to not engage my quadriceps quite all the way, which leaves my knee with just a little bit of a bend in it. And that's the kind of thing that can make a big difference in stage presentation. You know, whether I'm just kicking my leg out to the side or whether I'm sending that leg out fully energized, fully extended, just really makes all the difference in how a performance reads to the audience. So those are the kind of details that I'm working on now. This has been hours and hours every week over these last several months. And I just this morning brought a couple good friends with me to the gym and they were kind enough to offer their feedback and critiques. They both have extensive movement backgrounds and dance and performance studies. And they recorded a run for me so I could send it to Jen and helped me focus on, okay, yeah, you really want to work on that leg extension in this place and you can clean up this moment here and just dialing in the details. Fortunately for me, I naturally bring a lot of presence to stage. So all of the fun faces and sort of flirting with the audience and playfulness that needs to be included in a fitness routine are things that come out naturally for me and I don't have to work to go find those which I know is a challenge for some other competitors so you know we all come from different places and different natural strengths and I have to work on getting those legs to power me into the air <laughs> whereas for other people that comes more naturally so it's really really fun and I love that this particular routine and the particular demands of competing in the fitness division itself have forced me to work on some of the aspects that have historically been my weak points as a dancer anyway. I would say that jumps and full extensions of lines are two of the things that have been biggest challenges for me and they're two of the things that I've really had to work on that are most important in this setting. It's really cool to experience the progress in those. So that's routine. Can you believe there are more columns to this spreadsheet? <laughs> yeah, like I said, I've been busy. So posing and presentation is the next column. And I am so fortunate to live in Southern California and to have gone to fat camp with Jen and Nicole that started this whole chapter of the journey. Um, because that connection with Nicole Wilkins, current Ms. Figure Olympia, allowed me to reach out to her and hire her for a posing session. So I went and spent an hour with Nicole out at her gym. And by the way, she offers this publicly. It's not that I'm so special. Uh, if you wanted to do a posing session with her, you can find details about that on her website, which will be linked to in the show notes. Uh, but I went down and spent an hour with her working through the quarter turns and the presentation poses, which if you're not familiar with the competitive world are the part of the show where we strut up on stage in the sparkly bikini and flex our muscles in a variety of different required ways to show the judges what they're looking for. And Nicole is the reigning and current Olympia champ. Uh, it is in the figure division and not fitness, but they have the same posing and generally the same aesthetic requirements that the judges are looking for. So Nicole is the best in the world to turn to for this posing help. And I've 
got so so much out of that session with her there's an instagram photo that i posted of the difference in my back pose where you're looking at the back of my body from the morning before my posing session with her to during my posing session with her and it seriously looks like years of muscle development came onto my body over the course of you know that half an hour of working with her just by changing how I was approaching that particular pose. So that was awesome. I've been learning so frequently through prep the value of hiring great support team members. Working with the best coaches you can find, working with the best massage therapists you can find. Um, you know, I am grateful every single day for the support that I've received in this prep. And I don't think that I'll undertake any other sort of massive project in my life ever without coaching and without finding the best guidance in that particular area that I can. It's just really that valuable and human life is so precious and short that it's ridiculous to waste time reinventing the wheel when there's people that have figured all this stuff out already and can transmit some of that experience and knowledge to you in a short time and really for the dividends that it pays not a whole lot of money really when you look at everything else that you've put into whatever journey that you're on and what you'll get out of actually working with the coach so that's been huge on my posing. It felt super, super awkward at first and really difficult. And it would take me a long time to get into each pose to think about where each part of my body was supposed to be and how I was supposed to be flexing each muscle group and all of this detail. And Nicole said, it's just going to be repetition. Just practice. Those transitions will get smoother. They'll get faster. You'll be able to just hit the pose. And I'm just starting to experience that. I'd say last week was the first time that I really just ran in real time and said, okay, when I do this presentation round, I'm going to get about two seconds in each pose. So let me practice getting in and getting out really fast so that I can get that photo opportunity of being in the pose fully for as long as possible in that brief two second window. See how much detail there is to attend to in this whole journey? It's crazy. So there's the posing part of posing and presentation. Uh, the other parts of presentation there are so many, so I will just touch briefly. Hair, makeup, nails, tan, body hair removal to support the tan, uh, posing shoes, posing suit, which by the way, I love my suit. Uh, my suit designer is amazing. I don't really know how to pronounce their name, unfortunately. I'm so sorry. I think it's Salela? Salela? <laughs> I will post the link to their website online. Uh, I can't recommend them highly enough. In the competitive fitness world, posing suits are an investment. <laughs> They're a little expensive, but I found the suits on this site to be totally reasonably priced for the sphere that we're in. And actually, they did completely custom stoning on mine um, and ended up costing the same as the suit that I'd originally talked to them about kind of because I, I changed my mind on what I wanted and then honed in on the detail and that's another good lesson from prep to share with you guys giving myself permission to get really clear on what I want and what I'm going for and to ask for it and you won't always get it but I reached out to the suit company and I had already ordered a suit that wasn't exactly what I wanted but close and I was just feeling a little regretful about it and I called them up and I said, hey, so this is what I actually want. I actually want this piece of this suit that I ordered, but I'd like it to have these elements of this other suit. Is there any way to do that? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. And they just took care of me. And it's beautiful and I love it. And I'm so excited to wear it on stage. There's the hair piece. I transitioned from being a blonde to being a dark brunette <laughs> through the course of this journey and a good friend of mine who competed in a beauty pageant not too long ago kind of coming from a similar place as my competing in this it was something that was very foreign to her and she wanted to run the experiment of what would that be like and can I do it 
and she did and she was fabulous and she found a great stylist here in LA that she highly recommended so I have been working with one of LA's top stylists in my book I have no idea how they rate stylists but she's tops in my mind um, and she has done a beautiful job with my hair coloring and helping me sort out hairstyles and sewing extensions for me that I'll be clipping in for during the posing round and helping me figure out the transitions between, okay, so I do this big acrobatic fitness routine that needs one hairstyle, and then I have an unknown amount of time, could be 20 minutes, could be an hour, could be several hours, backstage to change my look completely for the posing round. And how are we gonna make this work? And, you know, working through all of those details with me and teaching me how to use a flat iron to curl my hair and how to place extensions and all of this just fun stuff that was so, so foreign a few months ago. That's the hair piece. And then makeup, I have spent a good deal of time at my local MAC makeup counter. Uh, the women there have been amazing and helpful and been so kind as to mix up little sample pots of this really dark foundation for me because it doesn't make sense to invest in a giant bottle of foundation for a skin color that I'm only going to have once, <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm likely enough to compete again, but it's certainly not something for daily wear. And so you know, they were kind enough to hook me up with these little sample bottles of the dark foundation. And I did a workshop there in how to put together this look. I've looked at a bunch of tutorials online and just practiced and practiced and finally dialed in on the stage look that I wanted to do. And there is a makeup artist that works the Emerald Cup, and I'm really grateful for that because who knows what comes up day of, and I can turn to her if I need saving at the last minute. But like I said, part of my intention with all of this was to learn to present this body that I've built over the last year in its best light possible and to have fun with this beauty stuff so it's been really cool learning the makeup and remembering to how to do stage makeup because I did it for theater as I was growing up but it had been a long time and this is a more glamorous look of course than I ever did as a kid anyway so just continuing to practice that I still need a few more test runs to feel really comfortable but I do have the look dialed in now so I know I know what I'm doing. It's just practicing to have it be a little bit more automatic, just like the posing. Still sorting out the nails piece. <laughs> I'll let you know. I've got to have a conversation with Jen about how to best handle that because competitors usually have these beautiful, relatively long French manicured nails, relatively long for me. You know, I'm used to being a crawling around in the mud, grungy girl having as little nail as possible. Uh, but I also have to do this acrobatic routine and I don't want to have some kind of crazy long acrylic nail tripping me up for these tricks that I've worked so hard for. So still sorting out the detail of how to handle that. I know that Tangie Johnson uses a press-on nail. She says it's a really easy way to just pop it on right before you go on stage and have it be clean and not messed up by tan and this sort of thing. So maybe I'll go that route. I know there are some relatively short press-on nails available. In fact, I have some that arrived from Amazon just the other day and I'm going to practice living in them to see if that feels manageable and to see how they look and continue this fun exploration of trial and error. There have been so many trials and errors with hair and makeup and the beauty side of things. It's been really fun to watch my big horrible flops as things have gone wrong and to get it dialed in and start to actually learn this art form just like any other art form. So I've got that. I uh, went and did a whole bunch of waxing <laughs> at a local waxing salon, which also was recommended from a friend and was a fabulous experience. If you're in LA, the Queen Bee Salon in Culver City is a terrific place to go. I will link to them in the show notes as well. They took very good care of me and I am all smooth and ready for being tanned on show day. Actually, the, day, the night before show. I'll go in and see what this crazy dark spray tanning stuff is all about. I'm really excited about that. It's totally new to me. I may do a little bit lighter version of an airbrush tan here for the preview performance. 
uh, so that I'm not going on stage ghostly white and so that I have a little bit of experience with getting a spray tan because that's not something I've ever done before uh, but mostly that'll be pretty new to me come show day so so still new things to adjust to but as you can hear I'm trying to get practice in every piece of this as much as possible before the day I feel like contest prep really does come down to preparation and that's about practice and that's been in some ways a new skill set for me to learn as well in high school for example I was lucky enough to just have a brain that worked fast and could accomplish tasks quickly so I would do ridiculous things like writing a paper that was due in class in the passing period before going into that class and just scribbling it out and the handwriting would be terrible and my teachers would hate me but like the the paper itself would actually be kind of good and so my mo for a lot of my life has been let me cram in as much as possible and let me do more because I can do it fast and do it kind of good enough and that's really useful sometimes uh, it makes me a very productive person it makes me very self-directed and it lets me get a lot done however it also means that I have had a tendency to cut corners and to not quite be able to carry everything that I've picked up and move into some overwhelm and uh, I'm really bad about being prompt for appointments because I'm always trying to squeeze in 10 more things before I leave for that appointment. So prep has given me an opportunity to practice practicing and practice being okay with putting in the time and putting in the repetition on one thing instead of moving forward to the next thing, which for me and my particular character set of traits has been really, really valuable. And you can see that difference in preparation on stage. I was watching the Arnold Classic big bodybuilding competition, one of the biggest ones out there, and it was webcast on bodybuilding.com. I'll actually put a link up to that too because it's archived there so you can go see the footage. And it was really clear watching the pros at the Arnold who was just absolutely 100% dialed in and comfortable in simple things like how they walked and stood on stage in the posing round and who it was clear hadn't practiced as much recently and was a little shaky and just didn't look as at home in it and you could just tell it, it came down to the hours of practice like how natural something looks is how deeply have you wired that into your nervous system. So this journey is, you know, I want to leave nothing to chance. I want everything to be practiced. I want everything to be accounted for. Of course, I can't control everything in the world as much as I want to sometimes. <laughs> of course, there will be unforeseen variables, a lot of them, because I'm traveling to a whole different state. I'm going through the, the whole daily life of fitness show day, which I've never done before. There are gonna be an unknowns. There are gonna be things out of my control, and I'm having to learn to trust <laughs> around those areas, which is scary. But everything that I can control and everything that I can have practiced and polished so deeply wired in my nervous system that it's just like walking down the street or riding a bike, I'm going to do that. I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to put in the time. And I have been doing that. Now there's only two weeks left. So it's how much more, how many more hours are there to put things in? But that's been my focus. Maximum preparedness. And part of that came from early in this journey, you know, I was still coming from seeing myself as that overweight girl, not really seeing myself as an athlete yet. Certainly not when I started working with Jen at the beginning of November. So starting to think about heading into competition, this elite level, most extreme physique manipulation sphere, I had no sense of being able to control any of that. 
this is all new to me. I have no idea how my body is going to respond, how, you know, I've, I still didn't have the confidence because I didn't have the experience of knowing like, okay, yes, I can bring XYZ kind of physique to stage. So I put my focus on, well, I may not be able to control the physique to the extent that I would like, but I can control the preparedness. I can control how comfortable I look in those poses. I can control the number of hours that I put into that. I can control how hard I push in my cardio to be able to make this high energy routine look effortless. Those pieces I can control. And everything that I can choose to invest myself into to bring a better performance to stage, I'm going to do. And of course we can't do it all. There's been a lot of, like I say, learning to choose those priorities. There's been some deep conversations with Brian and having him remind me. Actually, this is a really good principle. He pointed out, we can always do more. There's always more that we can do. There will always be more chance to improve and grow. But at what cost? You know, I could... I could stay up all night practicing my posing, but the cost of that would be not getting my recovery sleep and my body starts to fall apart and my mind starts to lose it within a day. So that's not a cost that would be smart or that I'm willing to pay. Really starting to look at how I spend my time in terms of cost benefit analysis and where am I going to get the most bang for my buck, putting these practice hours, putting these training hours, putting these studying hours. Those are the choices that I want to make. And that's been the learning curve of this prep. It's been such a rich journey. I've been so delighted to be on it. And that wraps up the posing and presentation piece of the spreadsheet. And um, the other pieces are lessons. Uh, you know, the other columns in the spreadsheet are the lessons that I've been kind of sharing with you as I've been talking through this, other things that I've been feeling in my body, days where I've been run down, uh, I pulled a groin at one point working on my toe-touch jump without being warm enough, so I was tracking how that was healing up, and working with Jet Met Jeff Metcalf over at Pro Massage, uh, which is at the Mecca Gold's Gym here in Venice, where the bodybuilding world comes to flock to. Um, and he works with all the high-level athletes to you know, get them back in order when they've put themselves out of whack. And early on in prep, I was noticing in my progress pictures that I had one shoulder sitting way higher than the other. And so I was working with him to get that loosened up and tightened back down and to kind of pull the body back into symmetry. And that has worked. I'm back in line. Um, so those, I've been tracking all of those sorts of pieces as well. I just really like to have all the data in front of me of, you know, what is going on in this journey and what have I been doing? And it's great to be able to look back at the end of each week and say, wow, I put in a lot of work and I made a lot of progress. I really killed it this week. I think it's helped me stay focused and helped me stay driven through the prep journey so far to be tracking all of this on a daily basis to the extent that I have been. I love my spreadsheets. So there, there's how prep looks in my world. 12 days out from show now. It's starting to be just exciting. <laughs> so nice to feel the pieces starting to come together. There's been a lot of times of fear of, oh, this posing is never going to feel natural no matter how many hours I put in. And oh gosh, I am never going to get this series of tricks that I want to have in my routine and X, Y, Z other concern and the breakdowns that I've had along the way that I will share about as in future episodes as well. But it's been an incredible journey and I probably won't sit down and record another episode before I head to show because it is crunch time and I will be focused. So... Let me leave you folks with a huge, huge thank you for your support in this year-long transformation and now this sort of peak experience coming at the end of it. Thank you for your encouragement. 
Thank you for sharing the ways that this journey has inspired you. Those keep me going. They make this all meaningful for me. Because getting up on stage and posing in a bikini and trying to have the most defined body possible are all really pretty shallow things. But when they are influencing other people to live better, freer, happier, healthy lives, then it really matters and it really means something. So thank you so much for giving me permission to pursue this fully by sharing with me the ways that it's affected and dare I even say improved your life is what I'm hearing and it's amazing. Thank you for that. I'm so excited to get up on stage and do you all proud. I promise I will be posting video and pictures. Uh, keep an eye on the website, athleteemerging.com and my Instagram feed at athleteemerging for all of those as they become available. Have a great couple weeks, you guys. I am going to go nose to the grindstone, buckle down, and I'll be so excited to share with you after show some of the transition into post-show life because that is a known area of landmines for many competitors and a little bit more uh, details in some of these stories that I have kind of set as sidebars from prep when I have a little bit more time available <laughs> to sit and tell you those stories. In the meantime, keep emerging, my athlete friends. Become you. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey, so what do you think of the episode? I'd love to hear from you. Email Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at athleteemerging.com. Or come on over to Twitter or Instagram, at Athlete Emerging on both. One of the best ways that you can help other people find this podcast, if it's something you're enjoying, is to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Thanks so much for the help. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what else you'd like to hear about, and I'll see you soon. Bye.